We're finishing today the series we've been on for the last eight weeks on Gideon. In fact, nine weeks as we had we had um, guest speaker in the middle of it, Dr. Dave. Own it, order it, occupy it. I use that every day. Since I've heard that message, I, I, I either say that to somebody or I, I declare it over my own self or whatever. You know what? Don't just be a hearer of what goes on in this place. Be someone who does something about it, yeah? Do it. Put it into your prayer life. Put it into what you're believing for. And uh, it's not just a bit of entertainment here on a Sunday, even though the entertainment, I may say, is outstanding. <laughs> even I may say that. But uh, it's not about entertainment. This is church. So we come here to learn, to be transformed, to be encouraged and to encourage somebody else. But always take something away to do in your life. Yeah? And if you don't do it in the first few days, it's gone and it won't come back again. You know? So make sure you put it into action very, very quickly. But uh, this, is the final, uh, this is the final one of the series in this first service. Second service, as you know, we have baptisms. And I love baptism. We've got about 15 people being baptised, which is just awesome. It's going to be warmer in the second service. Yeah, and I don't know why we did this, but we've heated up the jacuzzi over there. It's warm. It's not hot. We had one a few, a few baptisms ago, and it was hot. You sort of got in there, and, and you went all the white wrinkly sort of, you know. Anyway, let's not go there. But, um, but it's warm today. It's not hot. But no, seriously, if you are not baptized yet, and you are a believer, you've said yes to Jesus Christ. We're talking about as, as somebody who's made their own decision, not the parents made the decision for the child. You've made a decision. The Bible says, repent. You can't do that as a baby. And believe. Can't do that as a baby. And be baptized. So, you know, it's great to be christened or baptized as a child. That's fine. But you need to be baptized as an adult when it's been your decision to love Jesus Christ. Is that okay? So if you are not baptized yet, we would love to baptize. We even have spare changes of clothing. Every style, every trend. We got towels for you. Okay, I think we don't have shoes, but you're not getting in there with shoes. Leave your socks on if you want. You can do what you want with that, but uh, fantastic. I found a sock the other day in my suitcase. And it was in a bag, and it was still wet. He's like, what's that about? Well, I went to a hotel that had no, ta that had no flannels. And I'd forgotten to take a flannel. Come on, guys, you use your sock. No? Have you never done that? Well, it was after I showered. No, it fits on the hand. What do you mean, no? Have you never done that? Listen, guys, I've been all over. I've been all over. I've had to do all sorts of things. When I, when I was in the outback of, of Uganda and my luggage didn't turn up, guys, one pair of undies and you're done. That's it. Mate, a week and a half. You can only turn them inside out so many times. But no, the sock. Tyre, you've used a sock before, surely. You have? Yeah, oh, boom. Come on. Come on, man. Anyway, we better get on with this. Otherwise, we'll be into the baptism service of the next one. So how many of you enjoyed the Judges series, yeah? About Gideon. 
Gideon's one of my heroes in the Bible. He was the guy who was not really just hiding in the wine press. He was protecting his stuff in the wine press. He was the only one in the nation saying, enemy, you will not get my stuff. Everybody else was hiding in a cave. Hiding away from life, hiding away from what circumstances have brought them. But he was the one who said, okay, I may have to be in the wine press right now, but I'm here with my stuff and the devil's not getting my stuff. And then God turned up and said, you're a mighty man of valour. Turn to three people and say, you're a mighty person of valour. Go on, tell them right now. You're mighty. Go on, tell them you're mighty. Go on, tell them you're stronger than you think you are. You are mightier than you feel. You're mightier than you feel. You see, Gideon didn't feel at all mighty. He said, I'm weak, I'm small, I'm insignificant, I'm irrelevant. And yet the angel turned up and said, you got it, boy. You got what it takes. For God is with you, you mighty man of valour. Great news. So then we know everything that happened after that. There's all sorts of things that went on. He destroyed some idols and some stuff from the, you know, his father's and father's father's generations. He said, I'm not going to live by what's been handed down to me. I'm going to live with a new identity. And my identity is that God is with me. Then we found out last Sunday, apparently, Rebecca Lewis absolutely nailed it last week because I knew she would. Absolutely nailed it and talked about going from uh, 20 something thousand down to 300. No, 30,000 down to 300. <whistles> Amazing. And the 300, that's what we're gonna find out today what happened to the 300. So you ready? We're going to the, uh, the uh, seventh chapter of the book of uh, Judges. And we're gonna read from verse nine all the way down to verse 22. And it happened on the same night that the Lord said to Gideon, arise, and go down against the camp. You know, so often when God speaks to somebody in the Bible and speaks to us, He says, get up. He says, rise up. Because so often for something to happen, we need to change our position. I got up this morning and one of the first things I thought this morning was the verse that Tom read. Haven't thought about that verse for a long, long time. It's not one of my verses I think about. But I got up and I, and I clearly felt that on the inside that God was saying that God's going to fight for some people. And the enemy that you see today, you will never see again. You'll never see again. It's not going to just keep coming back and back. It's not going to be something you need to keep dealing with. It, you will never see it again. And I actually believe that what I'm going to be preaching about today, it goes hand in hand with that. He said, arise. Everybody say, arise. arise. Look at someone and say, get up. Yeah. yeah. And go down against the camp. There are too many people who cohabit with the enemy. They're not standing against anything. And I'm not talking about on the street with banners and placards. That's not what we're talking about. We're talking about in your own life, you put up with stuff you should never put up with. It's time to go against some stuff. You feel insecure, inferior, it's time to go against it. There's been some hereditary sickness through your generations, it's time to stand against it. 
Perhaps there's been consistent financial lack and disorder and job to job to job and you've never found your... Come on, guys, it's time to stand against some of the stuff which has been controlling your life. You never find anywhere in the Bible the word cope. Oh, I know it's challenging and I know it's, it's probably, you know, because we love, uh, you know, perhaps God just wants you to cope with that. I don't find it one place in the Bible where God says, put up with the plans of the enemy. He says, know the plans of the enemy and go against them and overcome them and defeat them and come out the other side with a testimony to God's deliverance. God's deliverance. What he said he will do, he will accomplish for you. It will not delay. His word will prosper in your life. It will accomplish what God has sent it to perform. Arise, I better read this. I'm, I haven't even started. Arise, go down against the camp for I have already, I have, past tense, I have delivered the camp into your hand. But if you are afraid to go down, then go down against the camp with Purah, your servant, and you shall hear what they say. And afterwards, your hands will be strengthened to go down against the camp. Then he went down with Purah, um, his servant, to the outpost of the armed men who were in the camp. And now the enemies that were there, people of the east, they were lying in the valley as numerous as locusts. Their camels were without number as the sand by the seashore in their number. That's just incredible. Three hundred people that God had handpicked were going against something that didn't just outnumber them, but vastly outnumbered them. And when Gideon had come, there was a man telling his a dream to his companion. He said, I've had a dream. To my surprise, there was a, a Bread tumbled down into the camp, into our camp, the camp of Midian, and it came to a tent and struck it so that it fell and overturned and the tent collapsed. I want you to to, uh, see that picture today. What tent is that referring to in your life? In my life, what tent is it? What's going to be destroyed today? What's God going to speak into today and deal with today? And his companion answered and said to him, this isn't anything other than the sword of Gideon, the son of Joash, a man of Israel. I mean, wow, that's a quick interpretation, isn't it? (laughs) Into his hand, God has delivered the whole camp. The enemy's gone, happened. And it was so when Gideon heard the telling of the dream and its interpretation, he worshipped God. Always a good thing to do. And he returned to the camp of Israel and he said, arise. Isn't it interesting that what God says to you, God wants you to say to other people. Whatever you get, pass on. God encourages you, encourage someone else. If God says that, you know, you've got what it takes, then turn around to somebody else and tell them. Because God is no respecter of persons. You know, times in a service perhaps when there's some prophetic things going around or when, or when God's speaking to somebody, if it lines up with you, don't think, oh, well, God, obviously, no, grab it. Grab it for yourself. 
If something's being prayed over somebody and that identifies with you, reach out and take hold of it for your own life. Can I hear an amen this morning, yeah? Yeah, don't just let things go past. Grab them for yourself. And what do you do with them? You then give them off to other people to encourage them. Arise for the Lord has delivered the camp of the Midianites into your hands. Then he divided the 300 again into three companies, 100 in each. And he put a trumpet into every man's hand with empty pitchers or bowls and uh, torches inside the pitchers, like a vase, a clay vase. And he said to them, look at me and do likewise. See, sometimes we just want to say, oh, I'm just, my eyes are upon Jesus. Yeah, but what's somebody else done and won? What's somebody else done? See, some people, when they're going through stuff, they withdraw. They isolate. Oh, I'm just praying about it. I'm going to Jesus. Spending time on my own with Jesus. Now, we all know it's very, very important to spend personal time with God. We're not just talking about just a prayer out the Bible or a prayer out a book. We're talking about you pour out. This is a relationship. If I was to get up every morning and say to Sharon, open up a little book of what to say to my wife. Sharon, good morning. What is it? Tuesday. Tuesday, Tuesday, Tuesday. Your eyes are like limpet pools in the moonlight. Where's the breakfast? <laughs> if, I was, if, I was to, if I was to read to Sharon, that's about it really, isn't it? That's what we say to each other. Eyes are like limpet paws. No, of course not. Why? Because there's relationship. It's great that there are prayers in the Bible that we can learn and pray. And part of being a part of our academy here is that every Monday night, there's Bible verses people learn. There's stuff that people learn. And I've said, haven't I said to Academy guys, the more you learn, the more you can pray. But you know what? It's not just about repeating what somebody else says. This is about relationship. And obviously, clearly here, Gideon had a relationship with God. And now he was saying to the people, look at me and do what I do. He wasn't being arrogant he was saying, listen, as God speaks to me, I want to show you what to do. And God wants us all to be in that position where we're hearing from God and we're able to say, not in an arrogance, but hey, instead of look unto Jesus. Now we do, in Hebrews 12, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. We understand this is the principle, but you know what? Um, it says in Acts chapter 3, Peter and John, when God was about to do the most incredible healing of a man who'd been lame from his mother's womb and he was about to be healed, he was about 38 years old. I mean, this was a major, a major miracle. When they walked past, they didn't say, look to Jesus. They said, look at us. That which we have, we give you. Get up. And the guy was instantly healed. Amazing thing. Still happens today. Of course it does. But he said, look at us. And we've got to understand, guys, that the church is the light of the world. A city on a hill, a lamp on a lampstand. 
We don't lead the way in arrogance. We don't lead the way in pride and and all that sort of stuff. But we are to lead the way in love. We are to lead the way in functional families. We are to lead the way in how to raise your children. We are to lead the way on how to do diversity. Come on. We are to lead the way on how to do finances well. We are to lead the way on how to be great employees and employers. Why? Because if God is with us, Emmanuel, we sung it earlier, if God is for me, no one can succeed against me as my enemy. Come on, I'm preaching better than you guys are responding this morning. Look at me, he said, and do what I do. When I come to the edge of the camp, you will do what I do. And when I uh, blow the trumpet, I and all who are with me, then you will also blow trumpets on every side of the camp. And you will say the sword of the Lord and of Gideon. What a great, a great prophecy, a great word came out of their lives. The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. God always works in partnership with people. So Gideon and the hundred men who were with him came to the outpost of the camp at the beginning of the middle watch. This is about 10 o'clock at night. (laughs) And just as they had... um, Position the watch, they blew the trumpets and they broke the pitchers that were in their hands. And the three companies, they all blew their trumpets and they broke their pitchers. They held their torches in their left hand and the trumpets. I forgot my shofar. Oh, rats. What a shame. I was going to blow my shofar. (laughs) Not. Got it somewhere. It's probably in a box out back, I'd probably think. Anyway, and they blew their trumpets, held the the torch in the left hand, they blew the trumpet, and they cried out, they shouted. Everybody say they shouted. shouted. It does mean shout. Actually, though, I know it's cried, but but it, it means to shout out. It means to release something energetic out from the inside. It's not a a nice little peaceful, nice, meek and quiet, little timid, little group of Christians here going out against the enemy. They stood there, they smashed something, they held up a torch, they made a noise and they shouted. (laughs) And we know what they shouted, the sword of the Lord and of Gideon and every man stood in his place all around the camp and the whole enemy army ran and cried out and fled. (laughs) Awesome. Can I say this? And never came back. And when the 300, they blew the trumpets, and the Lord set every man, every enemy's sword against his companion through the whole camp, and the army fled into Beth um, Acacia towards Zerara, as far as the border of Abel Mahola in Tabath. What an incredible victory. Now, this is not the end of the story, but I'm going to have to leave it there. You'll have to go back and read all the rest of the story. They got the princes, they got the kings, and all sorts of stuff happened, and they absolutely destroyed the enemy. I love the incredible confidence that God gives us in this, arise and go down against the city. Go, arise and go down 
against the enemy, for I have already delivered it into your hands. See, victory is our starting place. Victory is our starting place. It's not where we're trying to get to. It's our starting place. We're not trying to be victorious. We're not trying to get to the place of victory. There may be a process going on in our lives, but the process is always to bring us to the place where we understand we're already victorious. Man. It brings us to the place where we got it. I get it. See, the process we're on is not to try to arrive at the place of healing. It's to get us to the place where we realize by his stripes I was healed. It'll sink in. About four of you have got it right now. The process is not to bring you to the place of healing. The process is to bring you to the place where you know you've got healing. The process isn't to bring you to the place of prosperity. It's to bring you to the place where you know that God is my provider and my needs are already met. They're already met. It's not to bring us to the place where we get peace in the middle of a storm, but where we come to the place where we realize God is my peace already on the inside. I already have the peace of God. Oh man, you're getting this. The 1130 are not getting this. I'm not preaching this at the next service because we got baptism. So you guys, you're just the blessed ones today. Yeah? Wow. The enemy was like locusts. How many of you know the Bible says, I will restore the years the locusts have eaten? (laughs) Camels as the sand on the seashore. Without number, yet only 300 men aligned with God were more than enough to bring the great victory that God had that day. So let's just go through a few points here. Then we'll get the band up. And then we're going to deal with some enemies. How does that sound? That's about four of us again. Come on, how does that that sound? It's okay. Yeah? We're going to deal with some stuff. Whether it's sickness in your body, whether it's stress in your finances, whether it's problems in your marriage, this is not the only thing we do, but this is a starting place, realizing that we start in the place of victory. (laughs) Number one. Point number one, if God is for me. So often we feel inadequate and outnumbered. So often we feel like I'm smaller than the task. God wants us to have a glimpse today of the fear that the enemy has towards us. He said to Gideon, he said, you've already got it. I've already delivered the enemy into your hands. But if, you, if you're too scared to go down right now, I'm going to show you what the enemy thinks of you. Isn't that amazing? You see, there is this misconception that the enemy, and the enemy is never a person, never people, yeah, never people, that, that guy in your workplace who's the pain in the butt, he's not your enemy. Yeah? He's there for you to love, forgive, if it needs forgiveness, have grace for, and develop something on the inside of you. 
Hello? People are never your enemy. The bank is not your enemy. The European Union is not your enemy. Hello? Donald Trump is not your enemy. Whatever his name is over there in Russia, Putin is not your enemy. Your kids are not your enemy. Your parents are not your enemy. Another color is not your enemy. Hello? You see, we get it right here. I love, I love what God is doing here, but we still can't put our head in the sand. We have a major problem with racism. Hello? We have a major problem with it. And it's only going to get worse. You know why? Because all we've done over the last 30, 40, 50 years is preach tolerance. And tolerance will never deal with the heart. All tolerance does, all tolerance does is says, I'm going to put up with you. And now I can't say what I think because that's not PC. I don't know what I can say and what I can't say. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to say nothing, but I'm going to feel it all. Hello? I'm going to think it all. I'm going to feel it all. And the more I can't say something about it, the more it's going to fester. But on the outside, I'm tolerant. As long as you live in a ghetto somewhere, I'll, be, I'll tolerate you. Hello? Is this all right? Or am I being a bit dangerous this morning? Is this okay? See, tolerance, dear God, when are we going to open our eyes and wake up? You don't find the word to tolerate in the Bible. It's like the word cope. You don't cope with it, you deal with it. You don't tolerate people. You don't tolerate this and tolerate that because all tolerance does, it means I'm squashing it down. I'm not dealing with it. On the outside, I put up with you. But if, if I had my choice, I'd... Whatever I'd do. You know what you find in the Bible? You don't even find the word respect. You find the word honour. And to honour is something you must say and you must do. You can't just have honour on the inside because honour is a doing word. Honour is a doing word. We need to teach our kids, honour those in authority over you. Honour those. Don't speak against them, whether they're right or wrong. You don't honour those who deserve it and dishonour those who don't deserve honour. No, you honour everybody in authority. Is that all right? You're good with this? Fantastic. If blessing's happy, we're all happy. Because she's sitting in the front row eyeballing me. Man, I didn't mean to get onto any of that. It's not, it's not even in my notes. God wants us to have a glimpse today, the fear the enemy has towards us. The enemy's scared of you. What enemy? Well, we can't believe in God and not have some kind of understanding, not overemphasis, not we talk about him all the time, but have an understanding that there is a devil. Jesus had to deal with him. The whole world, the Bible says, all the way through the New Testament, this is not weird, wacky stuff. It says the whole world lies under the grip of the evil one. 
I'm not going to get into the rights and wrongs of all the votes that have been going on recently and whatever else. But what is very, very evident to me is people are celebrating sin. All over the place. All over the place. Tragic, tragic, tragic. We call it rights, but at the end of the day, we're celebrating sin. Wow. You see, when a, a church or a Christian rises up with love and grace and joy and humility in order to be the answer to the world around. Not that we're anything special, but we have got the God of the heavens and earth. We got, we got Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God. Jesus doesn't live in everybody. He only lives in people who have said, Jesus, I give you my life. That's why we're baptizing. People have said, Jesus, I love you. Jesus, I believe in you. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe you've been born on this planet. I believe you were crucified and you died for us. Like we celebrate on Good Friday, if celebrate's the right word. It is celebrate because it's only by crucifixion that Jesus could give life to people. But you still need to receive it personally. Oh, well, this is a Christian country. You can't have a Christian country. You can just have a Christian person. Christian person. It's person. It's, this is people. Now, thank God we have a Christian tradition in the country, and I'm going to fight for it with everything on the inside. I want to raise a church here that is a, a banner, that is a, a lamp on a lampstand, that is a city on a hill. That's why we're going for our new buildings. That's why, you know, we're going for planning very, very soon, guys. Three planning applications. We got one about there, and it's four acres of land, 1,200 seat auditorium, 500 seat kids facility. Why? Because we got a job to do. We got a world to turn upside down. We've got people to love. We got, we got destroyed families to try to help to just put back together in some way and heal the brokenhearted. We got kids with gun violence and knife violence, and what they need is they need the love of God. They need the love of God on the inside. And when a church starts to get hold of some of this, the enemy gets scared. When you find out you're healed, you are going to face sickness. When you're about to break through into major financial breakthrough, you better believe the enemy's going to see to it that you are scraping around. Hello? Mm. So he said... He said, if you want to know, you know what I've said to you, Gideon, angels and offerings and fire and all the rest of it that happened. Now I want you to know what the enemy thinks of you because you need to get this into perspective. <sighs> Goes down, here's this dream. Here's, it's Gideon's coming. Ah! Blessings coming. Ah! Rob and Samantha are coming. He's coming. Samantha's coming. Yeah. The Christians are coming. Yeah. Yeah. And he heard that and he thought, what am I scared of? I've been scared of that. I've been scared of all this time of what I thought the enemy would think. It's a bit like those 12 spies going into the promised land. 
Two come back saying, we can do it, Joshua and Caleb. Ten go, yeah, we, we, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. They didn't know that. They didn't ask them. Excuse me, what do we look like to you? Oh, you look like grasshoppers. Oh, okay, thank you very much. And off, no, they didn't do that. That's what they thought the enemy thought. And so often what we're trapped in is what we think the enemy sees us like. And how we see the enemy. When we realize how the enemy sees us, well, actually, the starting place is to realize if I want to talk to the devil, I need to put my shoe up like that. Because <laughs> that's where you find him, guys. <laughs> Moving right along, because I've lost my notes. I shut them down. Number two, everybody say number one, if God is for me. Number two, loud and clear. Everybody say loud and clear. Okay, in the Bible, trumpets have been used many, many times in the Bible. In fact, if you go back to the 15th chapter of the book of Leviticus, I think, you find out about the two silver trumpets. And they had a special place. They had to be made out of hammered silver and all sorts of stuff. But you find trumpets all the way through the Bible being used. You find angels blowing trumpets. You find, you find all sorts of things. You find armies blowing trumpets. You find priests blowing trumpets. You find here, you find 300 guys blowing trumpets. They've always been used in the Bible for a number of things. Number one, they sound the alarm. I wish I bought my trumpet. <laughs> oh dear, I, shouldn't have, I shouldn't have done that. To sound the alarm, I love Joel chapter 2. Blow the trumpet in Zion, sound the alarm on my holy mountain, because the army of God is turning up. Wow. They run on the, on the walls, through the windows. A fire goes before them, burns up all their enemies. It sounds the alarm. When the alarm is sounded, put your armour on. Put your armour on. What else do trumpets do? They are called to direct the camps, the Bible says. Silver trumpets, they're called to direct the, the camps. What does that mean? Clear leadership. Clear leadership. Something I pray for myself and Sharon and the team and the church is this, that we would have clarity of leadership. Wise leadership. Sharon and I don't just pastor this church, we lead this church. In fact, I don't do any pastoral care in this church. Why? I'm not very good at it, number one. Oh, we're really struggling. Get over it. No, that's not, no, honestly, honestly, I don't. I'm really not like that. I wouldn't have been married for 32 years, 31 year, if I just told people to get over it. We wouldn't have a healthy church if people just got over it. But some people have got a grace. Yeah, some people have got that grace. Sharon's got that grace. Other people in this, so many people in this church have got the grace you know, the caring, the mercy. I really, really, really care. But my, the best thing I can do is to say we're going that way. 
Best thing I can do is we're going that way because this is what we're going to accomplish. This is how we're going to get there. And we don't want to leave any stragglers behind. So we don't go the speed of the fastest. We go the speed of around the mid ones and we gather everybody along. Clear trumpet blast means clear, clear spirit, clear anointing, clear presence of leadership in our lives. Of course, the Holy Spirit is our leader. Jesus is our leader. We do what he says, what, what he says. What else does the trumpet do? It signals advancement. We're going forwards. And trumpets also release God's power. When you blow the trumpet, God does something. It's a signal. It's, it's like a sign of praise and worship. It's a victory shout. It's a trumpet blast that says, Jesus reigns. It's a trumpet blast that says, we trample on every serpent and scorpion. Nothing shall by any means harm us. It's a trumpet blast that says we have the victory. We're praising God. We're putting God first and we're seeing his deliverance come through in this situation. Can I hear an amen? It releases God's power. Number one, if God is for me. Number two, loud and clear. Let's be loud and clear Christians. Let's not be grey, lethargic Volvo, cream, magnolia, beige Christians. Amen? Let's be loud and clear. Look at someone say, and just say, don't be beige. Look at someone else say, don't be Volvo. Yeah. Hello. Good preaching. Come on. Number three, shine out. Everybody say, shine out. Shine. All right, made the point already. Break the picture and let the light out. Don't be timid. You know, some people have never broken anything in their life. You know what? There's, there's just, oh man, I've broken so many things. Michael, my son, at the age of two, broke his leg. Age of two. I mean, how'd you do that? I'll tell you how you do that. The mother takes him down the slide and the leg gets caught. Snap! Down the bottom of the slide, stood him up. <laughs> stood him up again. Crumble. Ambulance came. I was away traveling on some, some trip somewhere. She was going down somewhere. Anyway, broke his leg. So we brought him home from that in a plaster. Full, full leg plaster. And, um, and we had a conference going on with Dr. Richard Perrantief upstairs. And um, he was in the pram. Oh, that's just a nightmare, trying to keep him in his pram. So he climbs on the pram, falls over, goes straight head first into, into the valve on the, on the thing, the rad upstairs, knocks his tooth, boom, straight up inside. Didn't come out till he was 11 years old when, he had, when they took him out. They took it out under general anaesthetic. Amazing. Eight years of tooth up, up, up there, right up inside. Amazing. Then he was hanging out a tree, <laughs> decided to hang out the tree and fell out 
and he's now got a scar all the way down the middle there where he nearly impaled, in fact, he did impale himself, impaled himself on the, on the twig, on the, tri the, the branch. Then he thought, this is fun, I thought I'd get on a bike. So he's on a bike, fell off. Of course, you don't need those little grips on the outside. Bare metal tubes is far safer. So, um, so he, f he falls off this and that goes in his neck. So he's got this sort of scar on his neck there. So he's got a scar there, a scar there, a scar there, a broken leg. As if that's not enough, let's play rugby. Yeah! Play rugby, there I am, the proud dad on the field filming everything, and he goes for this tackle. It's like, awesome, come on. Boom! You don't get that in that namby-pamby football game. But here we are, here we are, real men. Real men play rugby. They don't spit on the field. They don't roll around. Ah, 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 ah. Anybody see me? Ah, ah, ah. You don't get any of that. You get real blood and real broken bones. And there he is, and I'm filming the lot, and it's awesome. And it's like, there's my boy. Smack this guy. Bang, they go over. Michael didn't get up. I go, he'll get over it. And anyway, so I'm filming the lot. This is awesome. Rolling around, the, the guys run on, they carry him off, and he's ah, through the broken ankle. Ooh. Some people have never broken anything. You don't know what you're missing. It's like, yeah, come on. Do it. Ben, you got plates and pins up your leg? Yeah, come on. Ay. Awesome. Sharon's got a metal plate in her brain. No, she hasn't. She hasn't. It's all right. She hasn't. No, we're having some fun. But you know what? Some people go after life. You know, it's not like, let's just get the torch out. So come on, smash something. You know what they had to smash? The earthen vessel. And let the light out. If I had a whole session now, I don't. Let's have the band up. What does that really signal? It says, let's, let's have the world see who you are on the inside and smash all this outside stuff. It's not about your personality. It's not about who you are. It's about who that glorious Savior is on the inside of your life. The Bible says we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power of God can be clearly seen to be God and not you. Wow. The world sees too much of me and they see too much of you. Well, let me tell you what I think. No, I don't want to know what you think. I want to know what God says. No, come on, let's let the love of God out. I'll never forgive them. Smash the picture. Hello? Never going to talk to them ever again. Smash the picture. Because what's on the inside is love and forgiveness. Complaining, moaning, groaning, I don't know. Smash the picture. Look at at least nine people and say, smash the picture. Come on, smash the picture. Shine out. 
How many of you know you're filled with the Godhead, Father and Son and the Holy Spirit? How many of you know you're filled with the rivers of life? How many of you know you're filled with the glory of God? How many of you know you're filled with the compassion and the love of Jesus Christ? How many of you know you're filled with joy, everlasting and full of glory? It's what's on the inside. God, pat your belly. I don't care if it wobbles. Give it a pat right now. Come on. Say, let the light out. Number four. Number four, the shout of faith. The shout of faith, yeah. The shout of faith. What did they shout? The sword of the Lord and of Gideon. See, God wants there to be a shout coming out of our lives, both who we live for and who we partner with. We need to be shouting about the Son of God in our world today. Don't be timid about leading people to Christ. We are here to shine. We are here to lead people to Jesus Christ. It's why we're on the planet. To love people, forgive people, give some answers, pray, worship God and introduce people to Jesus Christ. Let the shout out in Jesus' Name. But also be shouting about what you're part of. Not in an arrogant way, but we shout about the saving power of Jesus Christ and we shout about who we partner with. I shout about Citygate everywhere I go. Not in arrogance, not in some we're better or worse than or whatever. Just about, hey, what God is doing in us and amongst us is absolutely awesome. We celebrate with other people. We champion the wins other people have. We cry with those who are crying. We rejoice with those who are rejoicing. Let the shout out. Come on, look at someone say, let the shout out. Come on, tell them, let the shout out. The Apostle Paul said this, don't be ashamed of me. Don't be ashamed of what you're part of. Be bold. Tell your work colleagues, I'm part of Citygate Church. Tell your family, why don't you come along to Citygate? If they don't live here, take them to another church. I don't care where they go. Hello? But if we're here, let's shout about what God's partnered us with. You're part of that. I shout about my wife. I shout about my children. And I shout about my church. I shout about it. God has put me here to shine. God has put me here as part of a family. God has put me here to love you and you love me. God has put me here for us to advance together. God has put me here to turn Bromley upside down. He's put us here to turn Lewisham, Croydon, plant other churches, see our world impacted with the love and the grace of Jesus Christ. Shout about it. Shout about it. Shout about it. Shout about it. Shout about it in Jesus' Name. Joshua chapter 6. We're not a body, guys. We're, an island. we're not an island. Sorry, we're a body. We're not an island. We're not alone. We're together. Joshua chapter 6. And the seventh time it happened when the priests blew the trumpets. This is Jericho coming down. And that Joshua said to the people, Shout! 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 Oh, is that really necessary, Pastor Jay? It was for them. It was for Gideon. So many times in the Bible, shout for God has given you the victory. Let the shout out. I was in here Thursday night just praying and preparing for today. 
And this is not unusual for me, but it certainly was powerful on Thursday night. I was in here on my own and I just went for it. I'm not going to tell you everything I shouted because it's personal to me. But I shouted. I shouted for increase. I shouted for healing. I shouted for deliverance. I shouted for salvation. I shouted for the end of racism. I shouted for the end of, of, of lack and insufficiency and disease and death. I shouted for the end of immorality. And I know that just what I did on Thursday night isn't going to turn the world upside down. But you know what? The more the church shouts, the more there's something coming out of the inside, the more stirred up we are, the more aggressive we are with the love of God and with the joy of God, the more the shout comes out, the more we're going to see happen in our community and in our generation with our young people, with the gang members, with the racists, with the white supremacists, with the Black Panthers, I don't care who it is, we're going to see a move of God in our generation as we let the shout of faith out of our hearts to let something out that the world may know. Come on guys, let's stand to our feet here today. As the priests blew the trumpets, the Joshua said to the people, Shout, for the Lord has given you London. Shout, for the Lord has given you your workplace. Shout, for the Lord has given you your deliverance. Shout, for the Lord has given you your healing. Shout, for the Lord has given you your partner. Shout, for the Lord has given you your kids back. So the people shouted, when the priest blew the trumpets and it happened when the people heard the sound of the trumpet and the people shouted with a great shout that the walls fell down flat in Jericho. When the people shouted, blew their trumpets, all the enemy destroyed each other. As the people shouted, healing broke through. As the people shouted, deliverance happened. I want you to know today you're born for more than defeat. You're born for more than struggle in life. You're born for more than gentle, meek, apathetic, lukewarm experience. We're born to advance the Kingdom of God. We're born for an advancement. Some of the things you wanna shout out today, I don't know what it is but we're going to end today with a shout of praise. We're going to end today with a shout of victory. But you know what? So often we just go, yeah. No, we're not just going to go, yeah. We're going to go increase, healing, redemption, restoration. Come on, guys, breakthrough. That's what we're going to shout today. Hope says I will have it. Faith says I already have it. What's God going to give you today? What's the enemy trying to take away? Come on, let's lift our hands right now. Perhaps, I know, I know we've got guests here. We do every Sunday, but come on guys. This is the last part of a series that is setting us up for the next part of this year. We're going into another tremendous series, just two or three weeks time. It's gonna take us out through summer about Vision Sunday and Built to Last and all sorts of stuff. But you know what, today, today, this is the day the Lord has made. I will rejoice, so I'm gonna own it. I'm gonna occupy it. I'm gonna order it. I'm, right now, we're gonna set some things straight in this place. Right now, we're gonna set some marriages straight in this house. We're gonna set some physical bodies straight in this place. We're gonna set some jobs and some employment straight some finances we're going to set them straight right now
What are you going to shout about? Because we're going to count to three in just one second, couple of seconds, and we're, we're going to shout what it is we're laying hold of right now. What is it? Freedom from cancer, freedom from fear, freedom from insecurity, financial poverty under my feet in Jesus' name. Timidity, worry, anxiety, mental disorders, emotional instability. Come on, in Jesus' name. One, two, three. Let's shout in this house.